Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Carrie Weems podcast. We're so glad to have you listening in today. Before Carrie joins us in today's episode, we want to remind you that the best way to keep up with all the latest content being released by Carrie is to follow her on social media. She's on Instagram and Twitter, so follow her at Carrie Weems, and you can also find her on Facebook as well, and even comment to let us know how much you're enjoying the podcast and the teaching that Carrie has been bringing to all of us. And don't forget, you can always visit CarrieWeems.com to learn more about her and to see a full list of the books, curriculums, and resources that she has recently released. Thanks again for being with us, and we really hope you enjoy today's podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Carrie Weems welcoming you to this episode of the Carrie Weems podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking again about how to write a book or how to get started writing a book. As I said last time, um, a lot of people ask me how to write books. How do you get started? What do you do? And a lot of times they have a good idea in their head. They're just not sure how to take it to the next level, how to take it the next steps to writing that book and putting putting that, their thoughts and their ideas on paper so that they can help other people. Last time we talked about deciding whether you should even write a book in the first place, understanding what your story is and where you are with dealing with your story and just gave some good tips there. But today I want to talk about organizing your material. How are you going to organize your book? Um, so let's just take our hypothetical book our hypothetical book about marriage. And let's just say that you've gone through all those questions that we covered in the last chapter. I'm sorry, not the last chapter. All those questions we covered in the last podcast. Um, and you decided, yes, I have a very strong idea. Yes, I've written my story out in completion and I've got a good handle on it. Um, yes, I know what my book promises to my reader and I know that it can deliver on that promise. So what's next? The next thing is for you to begin to organize your material. And so, you know, there's several ways that you can organize your material. And, it, and um, a good way to illustrate this is to think about, well, it's kind of funny, when we used to make photo albums. And I know that sometimes people do that today. But back in the old days, we used to take actual pictures that were on a photo <laughs> paper, and we would get them printed, and we would organize them into a photo album. So, you know, there's lots of ways you can organize your photos and let's just use for example a vacation let's just say you're taking your family to Disney and you got you come back and you want to organize your photos well first of all you you can organize them just chronologically this is what this is the day we got there and this is what we did the next day and this is what we did the next day and this is what we did the next day but you don't have to only organize it chronologically you could also do it about um you could also organize your um your pictures around theme Okay, these are all the pictures with Mickey Mouse. These are all the pictures with the Little Mermaid. These are all the, you know, these are all the pictures with this character. Or you could do it around the theme of, you know, these everything we did in Fantasyland. Here's everything we did in Epcot. Here's everything we did in Wild Kingdom. You could do it around that. Or you could do it around different activities. Here's all the roller coasters. Here's all the parades. Here's all the, um, here's all the shows we went to. Or you could just do it around the person. Okay, this is all, all this, these are all pictures of Johnny, and this is everything he did. These are all pictures of Susie. This is everything she did, and it would be sort of arranged around each person and their experience. So you can see there's lots of different ways that you can um, organize your material, and you have to decide which way is best for you. And hopefully, a lot of this started popping out at you if you wrote your story. Maybe some of this started popping out at you. You started seeing an in internal or an inherent organization emerge from your story itself. A lot of times our events are already structured in a way that would make sense just for someone to read it. And it just takes us writing it out and recognizing those patterns. But sometimes they're not. Sometimes they feel a bit random. And so you're going to have to decide which 
is best for you. Now, when you're writing a book that would be called trade or self-help or spiritual growth, you have to kind of decide if you're going to be teaching principles, if you're going to be teaching um, the Bible, if you're going to be teaching um, something chronologically that it's um, the lessons are unfolding as you are unfolding your story. That's also up to you. But let's just take our hypothetical example of this marriage book. Okay, we have a marriage. Let's just say you want to write a marriage book. You've answered all the questions. You've got your content all together. And let's just call it um, the name of your book is Restoring Your Marriage Through Prayer. Okay, or restoring your marriage through praying together. And really, you're going to tell your story of how God restored your marriage because you two started praying together and what this uh, what this did for you, how God used that to heal your marriage. And so the first thing is this. How do you want to start your story? And this is going to be a little bit difficult if you haven't decided up front how you want to organize it. I have a general idea, but there's lots of ways you can start a story. Okay, let's just say you're going to tell a story about you're going to you want everybody. It's very important to your story that your reader knows the history or the family of origin stories for you and your spouse. And so you have to be able to tell them what kind of family you each grew up in in order for them to understand and relate to the struggles that you're going through and see how prayer helped that. Okay, so you could start with just the background, the background story. And then another way to do it is to start in the middle of things. It's called in literature, in medias res. It means in the middle of things. And this would look like maybe opening your book in the middle of the biggest fight that you've ever had about something. Maybe it was that, you know, that turning point, like if we don't fix things now, we're, we're going to get a divorce. Maybe that was kind of, it was that big fight. And you start in the middle of the fight and you do, you know, you go back through flashbacks and you talk about what brought you to this point. And from that point, you launch into whatever it is that you want to teach. That's another way to do it. Right. Um, you know, sometimes you can start off with research. If you, if you think there's a big problem of couples not praying together, if you think, well, there's Christians don't realize how important praying together is for their marriage and you went and find some research on, uh, you could go and find some research on, you know, couples that pray together and how are their marriages better than the marriages of people who don't pray together? And how is, you know, how much better are they? How is that reflected in their relationship? So you could set it up that way. That is what I call setting up the tension of the book by showing your reader that there's a, there is a problem and the problem can be fixed. But if people don't know that there's a problem, then they don't care if there's a solution because they don't, they don't know there's a problem. And so there, those are different ways that you can start it, you know, and, uh, it's different for every kind of book. If you're, you know, writing a book on um, the life cycles of plants, that's going to be really different than, you know, writing a book about marriage. If you're writing a book about how to train your dog, that's going to be really different set up to the life cycles of plants. So, you know, it really has to go with your specific content and your specific content will lend itself to a certain kind of start. Um, and then here's, other, so once you do that, okay, once you decide how you're going to start, then you have to decide how you're going to organize your core content. What I call your core content is really, this is kind of the life application section of your book. Maybe these are the things that you know for sure that you're like, wow, if people just knew these 10 things or these five things, it would change their marriage. And there's like, you know, 10 pieces of advice, like my book Clueless, it's 10 things I wish I knew about motherhood before I became a mom. And really, it was these 10 things I kind of wished I had mastered before I had a baby. And the whole thing is organized around, you know, those 10 things. That's what it is. Um, it's a much more simple book than Rhythms of Grace. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, 
So you want to talk about you know, your core material is probably what one of the big things that caused you to want to write a book in the first place. And hopefully, as you were writing your story out, which you should have done, but you should have done well before you get to this point, you know, there were some patterns emerging about how how the content should be organized. You know, would it be best to organize everything chronologically? You kind of do it in like early marriage or pre-marriage engagement, early marriage, mid-marriage, you know, you can organize it like that and say, here's the things we learned in this season. Here's the things we learned in this season. Here's the things we learned in this season. Or you could organize it by, um, you know, okay, here's a lesson. Pray together daily. Why is daily important? Well, daily is important because of this. And this is what happened to us before we started praying together daily. But then when we started praying together daily, this is what happened. And you can, you can, you weave in stories. You can organize it like that. You could um, organize it around specific challenges that emerge in different seasons of life. So here's the challenges that are, that are, um, that emerge when you're newlywed. Here's a challenge that um, emerges when, uh, you have kids. Here's a challenge that emerges at this point in your life. And this point in your life, you could do it according to seasons. You know, um, the other thing you want to say you want to do is you want to um, decide are you going to do your book, write your book in sections. Some books have sections and some books don't need sections. In Clueless, I didn't need sections. It was just the 10 things and it was pretty straightforward, easy to read, very quick. But when I wrote Rhythms of Grace, I, I went through... <laughs> edit after edit after edit and um I didn't have the chapters on shalom and and sabbath in there and um what I realized was that my reader was not going to be able to understand my core concepts unless they really understood shalom which is wholeness and sabbath which is God's design for rest and I knew that I had to go back and write these two chapters and take time to unpack these really foundational concepts so that my readers could get the most out of the rest of the content, the core content. So sometimes what you think is going to be like, oh, this is just enough to get people, you know, help people. I just need these 10 points. Once you get into it, you realize that there are some concepts that you knew internally that helped you that maybe your reader doesn't understand. And you might need to go add a section where you are unpacking those more abstract concepts where you're, um, teaching people like these are some foundational ideas that you need to have in order to understand what's coming up. I think a lot of times as authors, we want to just kind of get straight to the thing that we think our readers want, which we assume is our is our practical stuff, our how to's. And this is what's wrong with you. This is how to fix it. These are the three steps. But really, you would be so surprised at how much your readers like that section if you have it on foundational concepts. Because once you understand the concept or the principle behind something, you can apply it in lots of different areas in your life. And just giving people specific how to's, that can be a good, a good thing to do. But then when the situation is different, the how-to you gave them might not transfer into their new situation. So that is the beauty of teaching the concept and the principle. Yes, you're going to give them a specific how-to, but if you know the concept of wholeness, you're going to be able to apply that to your work, to your marriage, to your family, to your schedule, to your eating habits. You can apply it across many different areas because you understand the concept, not just specifically how it applies to your schedule. So that's just an example. And if you do have some foundational concepts, maybe they need to get your own section. And you need to think about that. And do they need two chapters or do they just need one chapter? Is it just one big concept or is it several? So that's something you have to, you have to understand. And, you know, you have to kind of wrestle with yourself. And then once you do that, you're going to think about how do you want to close your book? 
So um, sometimes I think the hardest part of a book or even really actually a sermon is closing it because um, you already kind of said everything you want to say in the body of your book. You had the introduction and you wrote the first chapter and then you had all your content and you get to the end. You're like, well, that's it. What am I going to say? Um, okay, bye, y'all. <laughs> but no, you have to sort of, there's a technique to closing. And it, to me, it's a kind of one of the hardest parts of the book. And especially, too, because you get to the closing, you're kind of tired of writing and you don't want to write anymore. But now you have to, you know, kind of rally yourself back up to do this closing. And so I'm going to leave closing to another, uh, just for another time, because it's kind of its own animal. And so I want to tell you what to do next. So let's say you've decided how you're going to start. You've got a general organization. Then what you want to do is you want to sit down and you want to write your outline. The outline is so important. And I'm just going to give you an idea of what it looks like. So you want to have an outline. You're going to organize. This is what my opening. I'm going to have an opening chapter and it's going to be about this. Then I'm going to have a section and it's going to be about this. That's going to be section one. And it's going to have these two chapters, one on, uh, prayer and one on speaking positively about your spouse, let's say. And then I'm going to have section three. It's going to be uh, five chapters on here's five prayers you can pray to address different marriages, different problems in your marriage. And you need to pray these things together. And then there's going to be the closing section. And it's going to tell, you know, give people help, like connect them to resources or encourage them. Just I usually go for the um, when I'm, in my closing sections, I usually go take the angle of helping my reader. Okay, you know what to do. Maybe you've even done some of it. Okay, we want to keep this going. I don't want this to be something you put the book down and you, you can't take it into the future. So I'm going to give them strategies, tactics, or even just inspiration and encouragement to keep going with this, to take it and run with it. And so that's kind of, that's what I do. Yours might be different. So the next thing you want to do after you've decided, you know, how you're going to organize your, um, your content, and you've kind of got an idea of where you want, how you want to close, then you want to do an outline. So organizing your content, if you can get this different than making an outline of sequentially how that is going to play out. So, so I, um, you know, I sit down with a piece of paper or a notebook, and I start working with all my content. I'll, I'll, I'll start with, okay, introduction, do I want to write an introduction or not? That's kind of, I'll put a question mark by that. And then chapter one, chapter one is going to be about this. Usually it just sets up the why behind the book. It sets up the reason that I'm writing the book. So in Rhythms of Grace, it opened with that dream that I had and about being in school and not having any of my, like not having my pants on or, you know, just some stressful dream. And, um, I would have put that, this is a good, this, this is a possible story to open up. And then I would, you know, and I would do a general, okay, this is going to talk about the, the story. This is going to talk about the why behind the book. And then I would move on to, you know, chapter two is going to be about this. This is the general overview. Chapter three is going to be about this. And this is the general overview of what I want to do in this chapter. And you just sort of do that all through, all the way through the book and take a step back from it and look at it again, see if it looks right to you. Because, you know, sometimes when you take a space and you give yourself some distance, things look better or they look different after a little bit of space. So um, that's what you do. You kind of do that outline. And then you want to um, do a what I would call a more detailed outline. So you want to um, go to every chapter and, and answer these questions. What is the main topic of my chapter? What is the main topic of this this chapter? And then you want to ask yourself, how am I going to start this chapter off? And starting off a chapter is very similar to starting off a book. So you have kind of the same options that I talked about earlier. And then you want to ask yourself, what supporting evidence do I need 
to show that my assumptions are correct in this chapter. This is so important because for you, your personal experience validates what you believe, right? So you're going to have a, an experience and you're going to derive a truth from it and or a principle from it. And you're going to believe that that principle is true because it worked for you. But the person reading your book actually has not had that experience. And so they might look at that. And if it, if it actually contradicts their experience in some way, you're still going to have to provide other, other evidence that what you're saying is right. So if you're writing a book about, you know, how to, how to use prayer to increase intimacy in your marriage, you're going to have to go back and provide some research that shows that couples that pray together have, you know, better marriages, healthier marriages, longer lasting marriages, whatever you want to do. But you're going to have to get research because the truth is they don't know you. You're not a marriage counselor. Maybe you are, but maybe you're not. You're just telling your story and what you experienced and how you experienced, uh, you know, redemption and God's grace in that. But they still need to know that this is legit. And and this is the thing. I know that um, if God did something in your marriage that worked and it was done through his spirit, there's going to be research that corroborates it because God is true and his word is true and his ways are true. It's just a matter of finding it. So you have to, but you do have to give that kind of third party input. And then you want to ask yourself, um, okay, you want to ask yourself, what am I going to say in the teaching part of this? Okay. How am I going to teach the principle that I want to impart to my reader? And you can, you can unpack principles. You need to do a practical application. Maybe you're principle that you want to teach has some sub points under it. How are you going to organize those? What kind of illustrations, stories, evidence do those need? And then you're going to close the chapter. And closing the chapter is very much like closing the book. And sometimes I wait to do the closings, like I'll go back and do the closings later. So I can first I'll sometimes like to see how everything connects to each other. Um, some people like to close the chapter down and then totally restart again in the next chapter. Some people like to give a preview in the next chapter, we're going to talk about this, this, this and this. I kind of like to um, not give a preview. I like the surprise of opening the chapter and seeing, ah, oh, this is going to be about this. But my editor at Zondervan told me, no, that is the wrong way to do it. You should always give a little peek to the other side of the mountain and tell people where you're headed. That makes them feel secure. So take it or leave it. That's just on my editor's advice. She's very, very good. Um, but I still don't do it. Okay, so here, you're going to... Um, figure out how to close the chapter. But the main thing about the closing is that you always want to end on a high note. You want to end on something positive. You really don't want to end on a drag. So if, if your chapter ends in a fight where you're like storming off from each other, you want to give a little glimmer of hope at the end of the uh, light at the end of the tunnel. You want to say something like, even though this was the worst day in our, our, in our we've ever experienced in our marriage, we couldn't have even conceived of the hope that God was going to give us and the way that he was going to bring things back together. You just want to kind of, wow, you don't want people to leave your chapter depressed, if that makes sense. So I think that's enough for today. I think we can come back um, another time and talk about some other things. But I'd love to know if this helped you, if it was interesting to you, if you're writing a book, what kind of advice you might like. Um, just let me know in the comments section and I will see you next week. Hey, thanks again for joining us here at the Carrie Weems Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love for you to share it with your friends and followers on social media. And don't forget, one of the best ways you can help us get the word out is to rate and review this podcast on iTunes. It's a simple and easy way that you can help us spread the word about the great teaching that Carrie has been sharing. 
Plus, if you would like Carrie to answer one of your questions in an upcoming episode, we would love to hear them. All you have to do is email them to us at info at Don't forget to follow on social media to stay up to date on all the latest resources that are releasing on Instagram and Twitter at Carrie Weems, or you can find Carrie on Facebook as well. And of course, for a full list of all the available books and resources, just visit CarrieWeems.com. Once again, thank you so much for joining us and we'll see you next time.